Hello, hello. This is the Bellingham Real Estate Podcast. I'm Paul Balzotti, the broker owner of Donald Scott Real Estate. I'm here with Kelly Hanlon. Hi, Paul. Thank you for joining us on our first episode. Today is about new construction and specifically custom home building. And Kelly is a veteran, top producing broker with us, but also a custom home building expert. And how many homes have you built? I have built five for myself, two specs. I helped two owner builders build, and I've done six remodels, and I've done two short plats. Okay, so you you I, you're the wrong person. I'm sure drive the wrong person. Yeah, yeah, no. So <laughs> thanks. An expert in custom home building, and so we're going to get into what you've done, your stories, and also hopefully provide some insights so that for people who are considering building, for if you are building, or if one day you hope to build a custom home, hopefully you learn a few things too. So we'll get right into it. So you've been in real estate for how long? 11 years. 11 years. All so, with John L. Scott. I know, it's been wonderful. It's been yeah. wonderful. So uh, we've worked together for 11 years and you started, but you built your first home before you were in real estate. Let's talk about how you ended up building your first custom home. Yeah, I built everything but one before okay. I started real estate. Right. Um, my first one was in California okay. and uh, we had a home in an area that didn't sell and we were losing everything, all of our equity in it. And we just had to get rid of it. And so I decided that wasn't going to happen again and decided I wanted to build in an area that I knew was going to be growing. And I just one night said, I'm going to build our next house. And my husband looked at me like I was crazy. And I woke up the next day and started writing it down and figuring it out and um, was out there talking to everybody and banks and things. And I, I went out and bought a piece of property and started building. And You pulled it was, off. I pulled it off. In so what about, that's really impressive. So you get in your first project, talk about a couple of the, did you have a couple of mistakes in your first project? Like I'd imagine if you were literally doing this, you had never, never done anything like this before and you didn't hire a general contractor the first time, right? You've never, or. No, I've never yeah. used a general contractor. Okay. So you were the general contractor. I to do that myself. So yeah, very good. Very good. And so you get into it. Talk to us about, did you make any mistakes on that first project? I did. And it was probably, fortunately, the only, I feel like the only project I really did. And, and they were more my mistakes that I could see, not necessarily structural, but I had dormers that I really wanted and the framer framed them different and I didn't make him change it. He convinced me they were good and I never liked them. Mm. I also um, used a deck guy who was fantastic at decking for trim because he was available and his bid was good. But he didn't, it took much longer. I could have had another trim guy. They could have been in and out. And it took him a couple times to hang doors. And I just was never quite happy with it. And that's something people really see. So um, yeah. I learned definitely hire somebody who truly knows their trade and only use those people. Well, and you bring up another good point that when you are making decisions, there's a, so many decisions to make when you're custom home building. And it is tempting if a general contractor or any contractor you're working with says, this is what I would do yes. to just go, okay, you know what? That's not really what I was thinking, but you know what? If they think that, that's what I'll go with. And sure enough, you're probably going to regret it. So ultimately, you got to let the buck stop with you. I think that's a really good uh, point is not to delegate those final decisions to the contractor. And it, it, But right. it's it is tempting because you're not sure. You're trying to make a lot of decisions. And they're it, overwhelming and cost differences, right? Right, so. right. And then you also mentioned another good point, which is making sure that you have a specialist yeah. um, for every job and not kind of doing a jack of all trades just because a contractor says they can also do something else. 
um, hire the sub that specializes in each thing to do each thing. Yeah, make sure they've actually done that before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a good idea. And not always the cheapest bit is the best bit either. So true, that's good. Very true. So you built your first home. It sounds like you built another home. Now let's talk about, so you go from one home to the next. Did you go right into that build or did you have to sell? Because I find that a lot of my clients will say, I want to build and they own a home and they're hoping that they can pull that off. In a lot of cases that you do end up having to need to sell first and rent, which is a bummer, but it's just part of the process of the sacrifice you have to make. Is that what you had to do going from one home to the next? Certainly. We didn't have any extra budget. So we were actually renting down below my parents. I already I had a full-time job while I built the first house and a six-month-old child. So um, yeah, we definitely rented and um, were able to move in six months later. And then when we sold, um, we moved up to Washington and started building again and renting again. We rented a, um, a home in Sudden Valley and lived there for about nine months or a year because um, it took a while to get the permit and do the process. And yeah, and yeah, so and you, every time we moved, and so I probably moved my kids fifteen times. But well, and you said you moved your kids. So the first home, how old were you? I know you said the first. You you told me before. How old were your kids the first time you built? Um, the first one, my first was six months, and I had um, two when I built the second house. Three months um, and three years when we moved up here, and then while I was doing the specs, I had another. I was actually pregnant doing um, my first spec. So just letting the little ones just run around in the construction site, just watch for those nails over there, that kind of thing. Like <laughs> they, they really? all lived. They all lived. My my um, very hazardous condition. I was putting in hardwood floors eight months pregnant, and oh he would bounce every time I wow. hit the pneumatic nailer. But it it was it was an experience, and as they got older, it made it easier, of course. And by the by the last house we built, um, my youngest helped us frame the house. So that is cool. That so, was super. So they cool. go from they go from being in the belly, being jerked <laughs> around, to actually doing the framing. I love it. I love it. And, and then yeah. yeah, and he's in construction management. Well, so the, yeah. well, there you go. Wow. It's, yeah. Goes full cool. circle. Pretty cool. Pretty That's cool. very cool. Yeah. So what about um, how do you end up getting paid then at some point because you've helped other people build. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you end up that process end up happening where you end up helping other people build? Yeah, as I was building, um, you know, I would go into preschool and I'd have paint in my hair or dirt on my boots and people would ask me about it, of course, because it looked a little odd. Mm-hmm. And I would talk about building how that I was building my house and suddenly people were calling me. Do you have subs? Do you what do I do? How do I pick out this? What do I do? And I my husband looked at me and goes, you should be paid for that. So I went down and got a, um, a project management license and I st- started to help owner builders build, and I just charged by the hour or by the project, and okay. um, it worked out really well. And so you were, and you end up being just kind of the liaison between them and and the subs, and you're helping them find the subs, and you're helping them because that's that's a big part of this too, right? Is basically lining up all these different subcontractors and building their trust, and then were you and then were you helping them pick the finishes and that kind of thing too? Yes, yeah, sort of from the from the very beginning all the way through. Who yeah. to talk to? Um, the banks even knew my reputation, knew my name, and would give them their loan based on the fact that I was helping them as well. Yeah. So um, all the way through the entire process, helping with tiles and, and granites and flooring and all of that, and yeah, um, and all the way through the process. It seems like 
I think that people think of a general contractor, they think of a, you know, a, a you know, a big bearded guy or something <laughs> like that, that is, you know, out there doing the carpentry work and really general modern general contracting is really being an excellent communicator, right? And being an excellent kind of hustler as far as working with different subs, you do need to understand the building process, which is why generals are so important is because they understand everything. Yes. But no doubt that um, when we were building, and I, I, know, I haven't mentioned this yet, but we built our home about six years ago. Our general contractor, he was no better. He could barely put in a light fixture. And so he was kind of like doing the same kind of thing that you were doing, which is he was just literally the the liaison that was doing all of the connecting and he knew how to time everything and he knew how to, you know, line everything up and he had all those relationships. Yes. And so that's kind of what it's about, right? Oh yeah. Time management and organization is huge. And being able to dial it in and figure out when to call and when to line up and and being communicating constantly. I'm gonna need I'm the plumber, I'm gonna need you in March. I'm gonna need you March the third week of March, I'm going to need you actually March 21st, you know. Right. Um, that's that's a very important skill to have, and the communication is big. Also, when I first started, I would call subs, and sometimes they weren't available because they had to be with a bigger builder that mm -hmm. they needed to be able to pay their bills. And if they had a builder who gave them a lot of business, they would go to them first. So it was huge to be able to build up that business with them. And that confidence with them that I was going to use them over and over again, that I became first on their list. And that that was really big. And I used some same contractors for 23 years now. Yeah. So the relationships really matter. And then when we jump over to what when you can make mistakes with along the process, I want to kind of mention a couple of things. When I was yes. building, I wanted to mention mm -hmm. that I think that just like when homebuyers are looking at homes, you tend to you get caught up in the cosmetics, you get caught up in the colors. And, you know, when you're building a home, I felt like the mistakes we made was we were completely caught up in the scheme, um, the design, the design's important, but the colors, the what kind of carpet, what kind of wood, and our budget was kind of just a big line item thing with all these things on it. And we were just kind of cutting everywhere we could in any way to keep that everything in budget instead of actually just every item really looking at it for what it was and studying it. So what I mean by that is, is when you're building a home, you know, what really matters, what really matters is the windows, the doors, the, the home itself, the structural parts of the home and understanding what you're going to do, what heating system you're going to put in, the efficiency. We talked about this before we got on this. Um, and now I, I never did the radiant floor heat in my master bathroom <laughs> And I love radiant floor heat in bathrooms. And I didn't do it because it was just like, oh, I'm just going to cut here, cut here, cut here. I wish I would have either just spent the money because I really wanted it um, or went ahead and lowered the price, Got a, found a, a tile that was $2 less a square foot to get that in my budget. So there's some things that you can redo later like carpet, but there's other things like radiant floor heat where the time to do it is if you're going to make the decision is now. So really studying and prioritizing what's important to you and doing the big things that you want to do up front. And and then the cosmetics being secondary, essentially, is as hard oh, as that is to do. Yeah, you know, you're <laughs> absolutely right. And, you know, not everybody, when I first started building, we just needed a roof over our head. You know, right. I mean, we, we were building and we, and we did a beautiful home, but it, the most important thing was that roof over our head. 
as we had a little bigger budget and stuff, I could really enjoy adding the things that I wanted to. And yeah. and it was, you, you learn what's important to add right away. Right. And like you say, you, you're not going to put Radiant in again if you, if you didn't, it, particularly... Right. Yeah, underneath tile. So yeah, it's it's a good thing to remember to do ahead of time. And uh, things like insulating between every single wall. That's not a requirement in interior walls, mm-hmm. but I always did that in a house because I appreciate it later because the sound deadening of, of three boys running around and yelling and having fun with their friends was huge. So yeah, my, my builder didn't insulate under our garage floor. And, and just because it was, and he was like, oh, I'm trying to save you you know, $700 or whatever it was, or a couple thousand dollars. And I thought to myself, you know, I would, I would have liked to have insulation, <laughs> yeah, right? And I'm not going to redo that now. So no, yeah, I mean, never, that's what I'm never. saying. Those structural things, you really got to be a hundred percent on and sometimes spend more than you want to spend because you can't peel it back sometimes. That to easy. me, insulation is probably the yeah. number one thing yeah. that is, is one of the cheaper items that is um, really good to put in extra. So absolutely. Okay. So let's talk about when the, just to kind of finish up, what are some tips to somebody who's looking to build? What steps should they take first? Um, what should they look for in land? I mean, what steps would you recommend to somebody to take first if they're looking into building? I would talk to a bank first, unless you have full cash to be able to take care of sure. the project. Um, going to a bank and finding out what it looks like. Um, sometimes they'll require you to pay cash for the land or a fairly good sizable down payment. Um, then talking to a general contractor. What does this look like? What is your availability? How much dollars per square foot? What does your dollars per square foot look like? Can I spend 12000 on cabinets or can I spend 100000 on cabinets? You know, what does that look like? Really sitting down and figuring out, are you going to get at the end what you're truly looking for? And then finding out about those hidden costs. If you're into raw land, you're going to have a lot of hidden costs of environmental engineers and stormwater and treatment and all of those wetland maybe drilling a well, yeah. yes, wetland delineations. And those those are going to add up. They could add up twenty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 or more. Um, now, if you found something that was platted in 2019, a lot of those have been taken care of because the county made them do that prior to selling the land. So even though it might look more expensive, you might have already taken care of a lot of those costs and a lot of trouble because that could also shave off about four months of the permitting process. So, Well, we, we both have talked about this before, but when I bought, when I built my home, the lot was pretty much ready to go. The stormwater had been done, all those things. Your last home that you built, yes. what was the story on that? Like, how did you end up, wasn't the lot pretty much ready to go as well? Oh, <laughs> Part of the reason I bought the property we did is because it already had a permit on it. And so I just had to be okay with the house that, but I was able to tweak the inside and tweak the windows and really put my personality into it. And I absolutely love it. And it took out so much of the stress to have that already done. Um, it, it was, it was huge. It was absolutely huge. And, but yet I still got to go through all the fun stuff. So, well, yeah, I, I, I think- mean, there were still a couple unknowns whenever you're digging, and the foundation, you might run into a few added costs, but for the most part, when you already have the permit, and you really have a lot of those things built in and you know what's going to happen. So you you need to figure out the construction loan part of it. You need to pick the general contractor. Um, but with the lot, this is a common mistake that happens where somebody says, my lot budget is 150000 Was your lot budget 150000 or your pre-construction? Because as we're talking about, what you may be wanting to consider when you're looking at property is 
maybe you spend more on the lot than you think because it's already short platted, because maybe there is an old home that was already on it that in all the utilities are already in. Because not only is that going to save you a lot more money than you think, but time is money. Yes. And um, so we both agree, I, we've talked about this, that that's what attracted us to our lots is if if it's, we'd rather pay a premium for a lot that's nearly ready to go as opposed to raw land that a lot of times you see a raw land is 60,000, 50,000. It looks so cheap. It looks like such a great deal. Um, but it could be a nightmare essentially. Not to say that it always is, but. No, and it's okay. If it's, yeah. if it's less then that means, you know, that, that might be built into that cost yeah. on the land too. So yeah. And, and as you said, cost as well, pointing out that you have to rent. If you have to rent for an extra year, yeah. you have to build in that cost too. And, yeah. and rentals at two, $3,000 a month now, maybe. Yeah. Um, that's huge. Absolutely. That's, that, that really can add up. So being ready at the very beginning and going in, I also never recommend just buying land and sitting on it because so many things can change. Absolutely. That's and a really good point. Super important, super yeah. important to be ready to go and get a permit when you purchase land. It, it's, I, I recommend it to all my clients. I, I really don't. I've, 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 had, I've had clients who've had property that they've bought that when they bought it, they could have built a condo building on it and now yeah. they can build <laughs> one house on it if that. Right. So the land restrictions, especially in Whatcom County and in the Northwest, yes. they're only getting tighter all the time. They're yes. not getting better. So that's a really good point. If you do buy raw land, you move on it right away. You're buying it because you're you're moving forward you're with your project. And when you're buying raw land, we talked about this before. Also, you're going into the county um, with your agent. You're learning everything you can upfront, even before you write your offer, even put any time into a feasibility onto it um, and getting all the information you can. And th just to close this out. Sure. This is why um, having a great realtor like you um, with the experience um, is so important because a lot of realtors, quite frankly, just this is not an area that everybody understands. And you have to, you can't count on the realtor either, right? You still have to go do your own due diligence. The only person who can really know for sure is you and the county and the people, the, the realtor can't do that work for you. But having somebody on your side who can at least help you through the process with that experience is super important. Oh, definitely. I I go in with my clients to every county and city appointment and I meet with their subs. I'll meet with their general contractors with them. I sort of know the questions to ask yeah. and I can help them and I can help add certain questions, but I won't go in and ask without them there because I could ask in a different way and things could get misinterpreted. So I want them there. I want them listening, but it is important to have a competent agent with you who knows what questions to ask who knows what to look for and who's been through the process. So Yeah. So call Kelly if you're in Walker in Skagit <laughs> County and you need and you need help with this or reach out to us if you have any questions. So thank you, Kelly. Super appreciate you being on. Um, Kelly is definitely your expert if you're in Whatcom County, if you're in Skagit County, Thank and you, you need a realtor to help you, you with this process. And you also help with remodels too and, and things yeah, like that. Yeah, since, since I started real estate, I used, I put in the process of getting subs and picking out colors and picking out hard surfaces and everything I used to do into um, my real estate. So if you purchase through me, I help you with all that. So awesome. yeah, I'm happy to help. Thank you, Kelly. And thank you for listening. If you're listening on the podcast, please subscribe to this podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe to our John Scott Bellingham channel. 
we are going to have more great episodes to to come with other experts in other areas of real estate and we'd love for you to be a part of it so thanks a lot guys thank you paul